Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Y'all, what is up? Hello, 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 all you wonderful and beautiful pumpkins and mixologists out there. Y'all, I am in such good spirits. I'm on cloud eight, nine, 10, 11. I actually think the saying is cloud nine. So let me start there <laughs> to express my excitement about this today's episode, this upcoming episode that I have for all of you, for all of us. You will hear this same intro audio on two episodes of Mixing with Moni because I did two episodes, essentially. I had my first episode with Sasha from the Bravo Breakdown discussing the Real Housewives of Dallas that is released first. And following that, at the same time, I'm also releasing an episode that I did talking about Salt Lake City's part one of the reunion with two experts, Megan Segura and Eric J. Mack from Bravo's The Daily Dish, Bravo's official podcast, Instagram, the newsbreakers, the interview havers, the hot takers, all of the above. They are the experts, honey. I thought it would be a really good idea to have them come on and give me their insight as people who have interviewed these women, who work with these women in a lot of ways, because come on, it's probably like some kind of law that if you're on a housewife show, you got to stop by the podcast and talk to the podcast people because we're the ones who are listening. We're watching the shows. We're rating the shows. We're giving the shows the push that they need to be great. And I really wanted to get their, their perspectives on what it meant to have this dynamite first season. Was it dynamite? What they thought about it? Like what makes a good housewife, a good housewife show, a good franchise? Is there a housewife formula? You know, there's lots of questions that I had that honestly only people who work at Bravo could really answer because I want to know what they think when they watch it as people who have access to this information, access to these women, how do they still watch so objectively or not? And I really was excited to get that information from them. So you'll hear, like I said, the the beginning, this intro will be on both episodes. So skip ahead the same amount of times if you'd like to listen. But also I wanted to make sure that it wasn't too thick with two C's so that you don't get lost in the sauce and you can kind of just like taste it, love it, luxuriate, and then come back for more for seconds if you so choose. I'm hungry. <laughs> um, I'm also just on such a high because I just got done recording an amazing Valentine's Day panel that either will be released by the time this comes out or just sometime soon, depending on when you listen to it, with Sarah Galley from Andy's Girls, The Real Moms of Bravo, uh, Abby and Vanessa, Samantha Bush from Bravo Historian, and Kate Casey from Reality Life with Kate Casey. And it was truly an honor. It was very special to be amongst some real taste makers in the pop culture Bravo setting of content creators. And it was just, it was really fun to talk about housewives (laughs) with women who love housewives and, you know, things that I feel like 
we don't always get enough time to discuss from our lens and our viewpoint as women who watch other women um, really Ramona-ing it. And it was a really fun time. And I just, I've had a really great time this week. So I really wanted to split it up, divide it up, see if this method works. I may not always divide up every episode that's like two hours, but for this particular moment, because Dallas is giving me, um, it's giving, there is a thing. There's something to get from Dallas. I don't know if I've gotten it yet, but Sasha helps me kind of workshop that and break that down and figure out how to get there. And then again, like I said, with Salt Lake City, there was just so many nuances with this, this series, this first come premiere of a city that we were not expecting. And we kind of talk about that as well. And then what came from it, a three-part reunion for a first season, like y'all married to medicine has been on for years, like seven, eight, almost nine years. And they had a two-part reunion, I think last year where one episode came out and then like, or it was like two hours meddled together or something. They haven't even had like that kind of three-part crazy reunion. At least not that I can remember. I could be wrong, but at least in my most recent memory, that didn't even happen. So for Salt Lake City to kind of come out the gate, did we feel like we actually got that much from it? I don't know. Let's talk about what we got. I mean, we had a very comprehensive conversation, as you can see by the timestamp of how long this is. So maybe it, it was deserving. But I like to hear two different people's perspective who have the same job or like who do the same job together as being on the podcast and are watching the same show that I'm watching and see what's going on, you know? And then above all else, y'all, I'm hosting my first event that I'm hoping will be a, a continuing thing. It's called a Real Housewives Mixer with Moni, and it is going to start and be centric around, of course, none other than Potomac, because y'all are so not over me hearing me talk about Potomac, right? But it's going to be a little different. It's going to be interactive. So instead of me talking to a void or, you know, other people and no over-talking, you will hear me give like a little brief analysis or a theory of why I think Potomac has reached so much success recently. What did content creators have to do with that? Like, did you truly just watch it on your own? Did you say, this looks good, let me watch it? Did someone convince you? Did you see a meme and go, these women look funny or fun or cool? What was it that kind of made the rating spike in Potomac at their highest reach where Atlanta is currently in their premiere at about their lowest, but, you know, and going up, but, you know, what, what made that happen? What, how did we bridge that gap? You know, why? And it's not going to be always like that. I'm, I'd like to be able to do this as a series and look into various cities, different franchises even, and talk about the opposite. I mean, I just did a, an op, a, a, a Patreon episode with Samaj, the king of podcasts, and he and I broke down Jersey and why we think it's actually spiraled kind of down, at least in ratings so far, though I'm very excited about this new season of Jersey. I think it's going to be epic um, because everybody keeps telling me that. And how much of that is true? You know, you know, I want to know what that means when people are like, y'all, I just saw it and it was the best premiere ever. How many times are we going to hear that? I want to know, like how much of me is impacted by when people say that. Um, and we discussed why we think Jersey has kind of flailed a little bit and what that difference, what switch happened. And if he even thinks that happened, because it's his favorite franchise, it's Samaj's favorite. So he may not think it's tanking at all. And I think that's the important part is to allow different perspectives to kind of go down, but look at it through different lenses 
um, a little bit more TED talky, you know, like real analysis, real smart, real Dr. Wendy's of it. You know what I mean? Like we're going to analyze. Um, but upon purchase of a ticket, it's only $10 and I'm hoping it sells out so that maybe it'll push them to want to do more. But upon purchase, you also get a playlist binge recommendation of Potomac episodes, the top five episodes that I believe everyone should watch. If you're trying to get into Potomac, if you love it, if you want to just a refresher course on why it's great to kind of help you formulate your opinions as we head into this interactive discussion mixer. It'll be, again, me presenting my theories and stuff on some of the things that I've seen and researched um, from a purely like a fact standpoint or what I was able to discover. And then I want to hear from the people who are, who are attending, which is why it's staying kind of small, what they think. Do you even think it's worth the hype? Do you Did you watch these episodes and say they were good? Do you believe in the hype? Do you believe that there's something we can do greater? I mean, that's something that I even talk about with uh, Meg, Megan and Eric from The Daily Dish. Could SLC burn out? That's something that Sasha mentions to me on my episode of Dallas with her is like, what goes on after such an epic first season? And if you if you think it's epic, where do we go from here with this cast and everything like that? If this cast comes back, how do we keep sustaining? Because if the bar is so high with the first season, what do we see with the second? And I'm, I actually think you might like what Megan and Eric have to say about that. I think it's some really good talk, you know? So yes, if you'd like to support me, I partner with Speakeasy and we're doing a live event virtually um, about Potomac. And I hope it's the start of something new and good, a la High School Musical. And yeah, uh, after that, Let's let's get into it. Let's get into the episode or episodes. Um, again, welcome. This is the same intro you will hear for both episodes. I have Sasha on Dallas speaking about Dallas and that, you know, train wreck of a pizza party on one episode. And then Meg and Eric coming up on, well, Megan, excuse me. Her name is Megan. I follow her on Twitter because big fan and it's Meg Segura is her Twitter name. So I have Megan and Eric from the Bravos, the daily dish on here to talk Salt Lake city and discuss what's going on with this part one, this epic historic reunion of three parts. Like to be fair, we haven't even scratched the surface with Mary's home life or her church yet. So I actually feel like we could get to three parts. So without further ado, let's get into the episode that you are currently listening to for what you are listening to it for. Thank you so much for always listening and for helping me feel encouraged to even do these fun, creative things while I try to also get my life together and do other stuff and and see where this goes. I appreciate the journey that I'm on and that you're on with me. So let's get into it. Let's have fun. All right, y'all, as promised, I am back with literally, like I told y'all, we're elevating ourselves. We're we're getting involved with experts now. We've had experts on the show before, but now it doesn't really get any bigger than actual Bravo employees who can kind of still be impartial with us and their viewers, but like they know what's really going on. And today, honey, we have two of the hosts of the Bravo Daily Dish, which is Bravo's official podcast. Yes, I, I listen weekly, you can tell. Um, Eric J. Mack and Meg Segura are both here from Bravo's The Daily Dish. 
I am so excited. I get excited every time I hear the Sheena theme song playing in the beginning and the end. I listen to the end, honey. And now I'm even more excited because you're both here. Welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. And also, thank you for knowing it's a Sheena Shea song. I can't oh, tell yeah. you how many supposed Bravo fans have listened to the podcast and are like, what is the theme music? I'm like, if you don't know, you, you don't, don't need know. to be listening. <laughs> are you kidding? I sing it with her at the end. That's why I say I listen till the end. And yeah. Looking fine and I got my girls with me and I'm like, yes, like give me, give it to me. Like it's, it's and the invigorating. Laugh, the Sheena laugh. It's like, yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's also a very fun and upbeat theme song for a podcast. Like it's right. very upbeat and it gets you in the mood and it feels bravo-y, so. See, thank you for that because we have had Sheena haters who are like, you have to change the music. And we're like, <laughs> no, we will not because first of all, I'm a Sheena apologist. So oh, that's yeah. not going to happen. Um, but thank you for saying that because I still get pumped when I hear it. I get very pumped. I'm a Taurus like Sheena. And so we are yes. super big on either you really do love us or hate us, but we want everyone to love us while we might hate you. Like that's kind of how <laughs> like, Megan, is Sheena. that accurate? You know, I'm a Taurus. That sounds pretty accurate to how I am as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. <laughs> that feels right. Because like literally Sheena always wants the girls, like the, all the girls usually figuratively I speak of it but all the girls on the show to love her but she's like I'm still judging you very harshly in these confessionals and I don't need to love you but you better love me because I'm great and I I relate (laughs) I love that we're talking about this because I've just started making my boyfriend watch Vanderpump from the beginning (gasps) oh my gosh so just seeing it through his eyes has been amazing (laughs) that's very special I started my fiance to watch it a little while ago and it was it was actually right before like all the controversies went down I was like it's the best show on television you're gonna (laughs) love it you gotta get into it and then I was like so we're having a come to Jesus moment with with Vanderpump um Lots going on. Lots changing. These people that you love now, they're not there. <laughs> they're new people to love. So she gets like all the way to season five or six and goes, I do see it. I'm like, isn't it great? And it's heyday. It's one of the best binges. I still, I, I, I always say, I think you could binge old Vanderpump Rules and Married to Medicine any day of the week and you will have a fantastic time. Yes. Absolutely. I co-signed that. Okay. Wonderful. I feel y'all that's good, that's good advice now. We're, we're experts and we're telling <laughs> you to do good things for your life and you're welcome. Um, and now we have a new show that's kind of joined the ranks of greatness. Salt Lake City has been so well received. I am literally on the edge of my seat every episode. And it's not because to me anything like special is happening. It's just that there's so many things happening that I need to unpack that I think that are not even what the women are trying to do. Like what they're trying to portray is one thing and what I'm receiving and connecting to is something totally different and I'm in love with it. How do you think this show fares in comparison of a premiere season to other shows? Why is this response so high? I think, first of all, we were ready for a new franchise. I think that Mm -hmm. it was, you know, COVID hitting in a way made people ready for something new because we're we're doing the same old thing every day. We're living in the same old apartments and homes. And then to be like, but you're getting a new Real Housewives. 
that's that's what we needed as a society blessings (laughs) i also think there is something so unique about it as opposed to the other franchises just even the mormon of it all yes you know it, it the the fact that these women are so deeply either traumatized or still in the religion but like there's this tie that they all Mm -hmm. sort of have and it's to this thing that I mean for someone like me don't know much about Mormonism right so to just this religious aspect that I feel like we don't really get in other franchises yes yeah I mean, when people heard Salt Lake City, everyone was like, what? Me. Salt Lake City of all places? The right? And, and that's totally understandable because you don't think of glamour. You don't think of glitz. You don't think of even drama. You do think of Mormonism, right? So I think there was also this expectation going in of people being like, are these women going to deliver? And everyone was so pleasantly surprised that that also Uh, added to the overwhelming, like, mm -hmm. oh my God, I did not expect this, which I think, you know, helped elevate the stakes in a lot of ways. And and that ended up paying off in the long run. Yes, I think the bar was in hell and that helps because then the standard (laughs) is so low for all of us for anything. We were like, give us anything. We'll take something, just give me something. And then we hear Salt Lake City there were so many things swirling around. People still want Chicago. I'm still all for a Midwest state. I just feel like the Midwest has is fascinating to me as an East Coast girl born and raised. I'm like, what is going on over there? Like, what are y'all doing? I really want to know. And even like a Florida, like a West Palm Beach or something, because Tinsley keeps going there. Luann gets arrested there. Like, there are always <laughs> something's going down over there in West Palm Beach. And I would like to get to the bottom of that. But then they're like, Salt Lake City. I'm like, we're going to Utah. Why are we going to Utah? And then I'm I'm happy to I want to be in Utah every day. I want to I want to live there. I want to play in the snow. I want to literally be immersed in a Brooks Marks tracksuit running through the Shaw Chalet. That's what I want. I aspire <laughs> to that level now of greatness. And I think it's honestly because this also was no discussion of COVID. This was filmed so far in advance that it's like, this is just new stuff. We're not watching a mask. We're not watching a facial. We're not judging how people are living their lives during this time. We're simply just watching rich, older women fight each other about stupid shit. And it's great. That's what we love. (laughs) Um, So first let's get into this reunion, the set. Gorgeous. I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. It looked like a socially distanced yet cozy ski resort yeah like destination i'd want to go there right and i think it made all the women pop like they better. <laughs> lisa holy hell she looked amazing yes that the fresh tan the dress the fresh, oh, you don't think so the fresh right. tan was Ooh, a little much, much for me okay. the, the hands the hands <laughs> was it giving you <laughs> Was it giving you Barbara Kay's reunion when like she like stood up and like took a picture and like the spray tan was on the couch? And I just think yes. that's so great. Yes, I think if Lisa had rolled around in that fake snow that they had, the snow would have been orange <laughs> when she got up. <laughs> you know, I did see some enhancements, but Andy got into those enhancements. I love that Whitney can make a joke about her own self and her own plastic surgery. She says, you know, she has, she's had lots of things done, but her boobs are natural. I love that. I love that for you. We love a natural gal. 
Speaking of boobs, <laughs> Meredith's looked amazing. Yes. I was like, yeah. what? Okay. I think well, we've I seen her usually there. more covered up. And it was like to see them out and about. I was like, my God, I, I love never wear clothes. How she decided to upgrade her monochromatic suit was to basically like cut the seam. And instead of it being a pantsuit, it's a now a suit dress. <laughs> and I was like, yes, way to stay on brand. Um, all the reunion looks got a lot of interesting feedback. It, it was their first time. And I thought that they actually did really well. And it was very extravagant for their very first reunion. But I have to say, they looked much better sitting down than I thought they would. Mm. Yes, I, I agree with that. I think that we need to see them sitting. Like, I think that when they, we do the pictures and we see them individually, I rate them all the time on my stories. I'm like, what are we thinking? Like, give me the numbers. And I rate very, very fairly. But seated, they all looked incredible to me, except for Mary, who told us on Instagram that she hated her makeup. And I just... Oh, I Mary's liked a, Mary's makeup. I liked it too, but she did not. <laughs> and she hashtagged it. Hashtag, I hated my makeup this day. Oh, and that poor makeup artist. <laughs> well, Mary also, like, Mary needs... Well, she's got to figure it out because she complained about, you know, how her hair was bad all season. And then she's complaining about her makeup at the reunion. It's like, you got to hire some new, some new people. Like, what yes. are you doing, girl? I'm just, I'm curious. I mean, I love that someone like wrote in and asked like, were there no black hair artists in <laughs> all of Utah? Which to me is also then a fair question. As a black girl, I definitely thought in my mind, yeah. where are we going to get them? Where? But I guess, <laughs> I mean, if she could do it for this wig, I, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe... If there is a next season with it involves Mary, I think she's absolutely going to step it up. I think she's heard it. She's seen it. She's reveled in it. And she's ready to change. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for second that. Second season glow up. I love that. about. I love a second season housewife. I always say that's when the rose colored glasses come off. I think that everyone has their either best or worst performance with fans and themselves on their second season because they're no longer trying. Oh, yeah. They're just themselves. I yeah. often call it the second season curse because it's like, it's usually oh. the housewife who had like a clean, you know, scandal-free first season who then their second season, it's like, yes. holy shit, just everything came out. I mean, I- Denise. Denise. Okay, listen, okay. Also, I've made like, I've made this, you know, comparison before and I, I love her. We're, at, we're actually, you know, kind of friendly. Um, Bronwyn, her first season oh, was yeah. refreshing, hot. We needed it. Oh my God, there's so many things. And in the second season, I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> are right. You okay? I need to check on you. <laughs> like spiral central. And I was like, oh my God, this is happening very fast. And that second season, I mean, it really tells a lot. So I'm really excited for that. What did you guys think of the placement of the women? That's where people are getting very like, Huh? Because placement, we come to mean a lot of things. It comes to mean a lot of things. We take placement very seriously. We have Jen on the same side as Mary and we have Meredith and Lisa opposite each other. Like it was a lot going on. I don't know if that necessarily would have been my placement. What did y'all think? Would you have done the same thing? Did you go, huh? I just like that they they filmed Mary scene where she was sitting. She's like, oh, all the way at the end. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Mary was on fire. Okay. You know what? She this was. is the most animated we've seen her all season. Which is saying a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's saying a lot. And, and this is the like the calmest we've seen Jen. It's like they're they're mm -hmm. like trying to meet each other. They yes. balanced their meds finally. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, what did you think of the placement? 
I was surprised by it because I um, am very close with Jen's uh, second assistant on the show, Crystal. Okay. And she two actually texted, mm-hmm. yes, two of many, many people in the Shaw Squad. <laughs> she had texted me the day of uh, being like, you want to guess the seating arrangement? Because she was there. And I was like, 100% I do. So I gave my guess mm-hmm. and it was completely wrong. Like yep. I definitely did not imagine Mary and Jen on the same side. I did think that it would be Jen, maybe across from Meredith, like Meredith, Andy, Jen. I, it, it makes sense that by the end of the season, it was Heather. But yeah, it, it just seemed like it wouldn't have been what I chose to yes. put together. I agree. My whole lineup would, would have been Lisa, Meredith, Mary, and then yeah. Jen, Heather. Totally. Whitney. Mainly because yeah. Jen and Heather had some rocky patches throughout the season, but I felt like they had the largest capacity to reconcile so I would like them to be able to turn to each other and say I love you you are a good friend I'm sorry and then we could get all that and then Lisa and Meredith just opposite of each other just didn't make sense to me because they were like they're riding for each other from across the room and it's like right. giving me whiplash I'm like where am I looking because you know we kind of were coming from that same realm of like where is everyone in relationship to Mariah Carey and Nene Leakes on Watch What Happens Live? Like where Nene can hold a show on her own and then Mariah gets to tell Andy where to sit. Like where is everyone in that realm of importance and in priority? And then if you're at the end, honey, it's like, who did you piss off? (laughs) 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 But Mary, I mean, to be honest, the whole cast to me really delivered, especially for a first season. I thought that they did great. So I wouldn't be surprised if Mary is sitting on Andy's lap by the end of next season, honestly. (laughs) Um, Moving on to some of the fun stuff. Rihanna loves the show and that makes me feel validated because I love to think that me and Rihanna could like just gab and be friends and watch the same things on Bravo. That's, that's a special moment. And she loves Heather and Heather is just like downplaying it. She's like, yeah, it was really special. I was like, girl, I would have been like, so where is my confetti? You're welcome. Rihanna's watching our show for me. Right. I mean, I was a little surprised that it was, that it was Heather that Rihanna reached out to. Like of all really? of them, you know, not because I I, I think she's great. It's just yes. that if all of them, like, it's just funny to me that that's who Rihanna was like, you're amazing. I think Lisa Barlow would agree with you because I can't <laughs> her face. And her face is literally like, mm, see, she's seething. And I can understand why, because I love Lisa. But it, I've, I've noticed, especially with doing my show and listening to people, a lot of, regular people they really identify with Heather they identify with the divorce storyline they identified with her wanting to leave you know the church but also because that being the sense of normalcy her kids have does she want to do this she doesn't want to upset them disrupt their lives like you know I'm not gonna lie I thought the way she's always talked about her husband being this like all-powerful force in her home I was expecting something more when he walked in the room I was a little disappointed I was like yeah he walked all over my girl, Heather. Right. Cause That's she is trash. a catch. She is a catch and she right? has game. We've seen her. She turns that flirt all the way up when she yeah. needs to. And I am so impressed by it. And you know, when I saw him too, I was just sort of like, girl, you can do better and you don't will be do better. Don't be hung up on him. <laughs> yeah, don't. Move on. <laughs> so when is the last time that either of you have sent a thumbs up text to someone and it was specifically a fuck you? Like you were doing that. That's what it was. And was wow. it a single or a double? 
so we've talked about this on the show when that came yes. up. And I remember there's this added layer now, right? Of the reactions that you can do on iMessage mm, where you can point. do a thumbs up to each thing. So we, I think, landed that, you know, that kind of reaction thumbs up, totally fine. That's just saying, okay, I read this message. I hear you all good. But if you're going to reply fully with just a thumbs up mm -hmm. emoji, it's not a good sign. It's not yes. a good sign. I do remember my ex and I would get in arguments over the thumbs up reaction to something, not the emoji, but just the thumbs up. Like you were saying, oh, yeah. reaction yeah. to mm -hmm. something. Because we, we, I can't remember now which one of us, but one of us felt like it was super passive aggressive. And it's Ooh. just like, oh, you couldn't respond okay? You had to, you had to just give the little thumbs okay up. Okay is worse. <laughs> which is actually worse. Because whenever my mom sends me an okay or just a K, I will call her immediately in the middle of a work thing and be like, so you had me, you chose to love me. I don't understand why you thought you could stop. This is not love. <laughs> <laughs> I have been banned from saying K. I find it so easy and like K, like just it's a very K. Yeah. But yeah, everyone else takes it all. I just want to know why I'm not worth more words. Like maybe, <laughs> and don't put a period because if you had time to put a period, you had time to put something else. Right. And, <laughs> so, and, and oh, just, K with a period is like high. No, <laughs> you hate that's it. it. Yeah. You're done after that. Yes. Um, the MVP, according to the internet of the season, was Heather. We agree. Everyone loved Heather. She's a great person to get behind. But of this reunion part one, everyone is riding for Mary. Like it is, she is giving us so much more than we ever got in her closets. And now that she's out of the closet, she is here to play. Okay. And I feel like it's because there's a sense of self-awareness and then there's also a sense of like great chorus from Mary. Like, <laughs> there's a moment when she's talking um, on behalf of um, Heather to, to Heather about how Heather slighted Lisa or may or may not have slighted Lisa at Jen's party. And she's coming off very calmly, but she's like, you know, from someone who watched and was there, it did seem like you were not trying to talk to her. And I'm like, how is Mary the most reasonable person on this stage? So who was y'all's MVP of this reunion part one? And do you get why the girls are riding for Meredith? I mean, for Mary. Um, I'm trying to think, I guess for me, it would be Heather because I feel like not she has not been weak at all this season but she was mm -hmm. super strong in terms of she had a lot to say to a lot of people and I feel like we got so much of that like mm -hmm. all of her feelings toward Lisa I it was way more than I was expecting mm -hmm. um but I also really appreciated Meredith for calling out Jen in the cigarette thing Brooks, you need to stop being so lame. Like, yeah, your mom yes. has a drink and has a cigarette. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying smoking is cool, but it's kind of cool. Okay? But of all the things, <laughs> girl, calm down. Like, there's an, a fantastic episode of Keeping Up the Kardashians that I, I don't know why it stays in my head, but these things literally live rent-free, where Kris Jenner, storyline or not, like every Sunday night, specifically at like eight o'clock, after she has dinner with her whole family, she goes out on the balcony and has a glass of wine and a cigarette. And it's like the whole episode is that her kids are trying to get her to quit and then like, we never hear about it again. Um, but <laughs> I've always been like, what is it like to have like a Sunday 
ritual, like a, like a thing. Like Gwyneth Paltrow has a cigarette a week. I, I think, that. yeah, it's... Jennifer Aniston used to do that too. I think it was like she allowed herself one cigarette at night. That's great. I don't know if I mean, it was every day, but. Yeah, I think she's a chain smoker. Frankly. She might be. She, she definitely was in the 90s and could still be. I don't know. Frankly, I thought they meant something else. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, she, she's smoking, smoking? Oh, that's nice. But I they're like, almost, it's a cigarette. I think it is actually a cigarette. I mean, oh, which is God. crazy to say, but I think that I could... Brooks is very into health. I could see him being outraged at something I mean, like he, that. He definitely walked through that entire store pointing out that he was craving everything unhealthy. <laughs> and he was like, okay, so I'm going to make the cashew milk, but like, I don't want to drink the cashew milk. I really want chicken nuggets. And I relate. I love a chicken nugget as a grown yeah. woman. I'm like, a chicken nugget will slap any day of the <laughs> week. Um, Eric, who was your uh, MVP of this ep- of reunion part one? I totally understand why everyone is saying Mary because she just makes me laugh in a way that no one else on this cast does. But yes. I'm going to give my MVP to Heather and solely because of the line where she goes, you should write a book. I won't read it. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, great. yes, I was like, a That's read, funny. literally a read. So, so good. So I'm going to give it to Heather. Okay. Okay. I see it. I still am giving it to Mary, although I thought to me, Heather performed at the level I expected her to. She's yeah. giving me everything this season. I thought she was very honest, emotional, you know, everything. And then she gives me a lot of understanding, like explanation. What I didn't think we got enough of was the whole swinging conversation. I thought that during the season, I said, I need to know more. I have questions. And we touched on it. And Heather gave me an explanation that made me just want to know more. And then she was saying that it is something that happens. There's a larger swinging community in Utah than I would have ever expected because people, they feel sexually repressed if they're in, you know, the church and stuff their whole lives and they want to experiment, but they don't want to lose their marriage. So they want to experiment with other things and have those experiences that they're, that are frowned upon, I guess, you know, if, if Heather's getting reprimanded for just squishing her boobs up against the door, I'm pretty sure sleeping around is not encouraged, but they want to not lose their marriage, which I understand because look at what Heather's going through with the divorce. She gets like shunned and everything. And I'm like, I still don't understand how she gets shunned when he initiated the divorce. Something yeah. True. off. Like, reverse that. Keep yeah. her. Drop him. <laughs> I do hope that they might add someone who does, you know, have ha- represent that part yes. of the Utah community. That would be amazing. Thank you. I yes. agree. I would like to see, since we're already here doing alternative lifestyles and that a lot of people are not Mormon that we've seen on other housewife shows. So we're already doing things that we're learning about. I would love to see someone represent that. I want to yeah. know what's going on. Absolutely. I would, I think it's fantastic. Um, I'll get to the, the receipts a little, a little later because I have a very, a very or lack specific, thereof. Yes. And a lot of production of it later. And that's not really exciting to me, but um, Heather and Lisa have not really gotten to the bottom of how they met yet they there's a 20 year gap between the two of them and their memory um lisa seems to think that she has not known heather until 2017 which we know the show started filming around 2019 so basically she was like hello we are co-workers and that is that is all that i know of you and heather is like no i've known you my almost my entire adult life and i'm i'm wondering how can lisa say that she just met heather a few years ago if she knew of heather in 
college and could speak factually to people that she was the good time girl. How do we have it both ways? Yeah, it makes no sense. I mean, <laughs> I don't like, get I, it. I, 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 and I've asked both of them about it on um, our podcast. And I think it just comes down to what's your definition of knowing someone, you know, they did go to college <sighs> okay. together. They clearly were aware of one another by name. So like, I would think you would say, oh, I went to college with that person. Yeah. Not, I met them three years ago. Yes. There's it's something in Phaedra all yeah. over again. Well, and there's something to be said too about the popularity of the Mariah Carey, I don't mm. know her type of scenario. And that mm -hmm. is just so fitting for Housewives. So I think Lisa's leaning into the like, oh yeah, no, I, I don't know her. Like we've met, but I don't know her. And Heather's like, yes. what are you talking about? Like we know each other. I don't understand. And I think it goes back to what Megan is saying is like your definition of knowing somebody. Right. Yes. And I think, in my opinion, I think Heather's trying to not pull clout. I would if I were her. But she's like, girl, I was married to this man. You converted. You know who I am. Like, you are into this world and this religion now. You, This was a choice. But, like, because it was a choice, you caught up very quickly with how things work. And I'm literally a part of how things worked. This is my town, my area, and everything. You know, to be fair... Lisa may not know her because she's still holding on to her New York state of mind. Apparently, you never lose who you are. Y'all live in New York. Is that true? Like, do people just they keep it forever? Or do you do you transition as you live somewhere for a long period of time? I think it's the best thing in the world to say, to be from New York. So I... I get why you would, why you would always call yourself that, mm -hmm. but... Yeah, I think any native New Yorker will always claim New York as their home, regardless of how, how long they've lived in another place, especially yes. if it's like Utah or Salt Lake City, like no shade, but you're always going to be like, oh, no, I'm from New York, you're you know, like there's, it's a state one. of mind. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's an attitude. It's a state of mind. It's like it says so much about your personality. And I think yes. Lisa, when you see the way that she behaves, she does act more like a New Yorker than she does any other type of city person you know I, I completely agree go ahead well I just was thinking I wonder with the whole Heather and Lisa situation part of it seems to be maybe that Heather talks badly about Mormonism and Lisa is so defensive of it yeah and I think that maybe that's part of why she tries to drive home that divide of like we're not friends no 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 no, no. like okay yeah I see it and, and it's surprising because, and maybe it is like a thing about living in New York, people aren't religious here. So when you do have a, a Lisa who is very, you know, all about their religion, mm -hmm. it's it's mm -hmm. a little bit jarring, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the same way I feel when we watch the moments with Mary and her church and I'm like, whoa, what's this, you know? Yes, it's new for us. Like, yeah. I think the closest we've really ever truly gotten is probably Atlanta like because they right. they take their God very seriously honey they will be up in that church on a Sunday Sunday's well, best in Orange County you know those ladies are church going mm -hmm. folk 
but mm-hmm. they don't talk about it. Oh yes, we have Jesus jugs, except for Jesus jugs. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> I'm, I'm and Tamara, and Tamara, yes, and, and Lydia, who like they had Bible study one episode, and I was like, this is so fun. This is new. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, there's just certain moments on household. I'm just like, what in the hell is going on? But that's why I love it. How did it. we get it's, here? the best because of it because it's just so quirky um speaking of quirky (laughs) we got to talk about brooks because there's a lot going on i there's he's really a part of the show and he's a part of the season he's not at the reunion and i almost feel like he should be there more than seth because i saw more of him than uh, you know married a sexual husband but there's a lot of dictation coming from him on what is appropriate, what is loud in his home that he pays for. That's a joke. Um, (laughs) And things of that nature. And it's like, we have like a full fight happening between Jen and Meredith because of Brooks and Brooks's comfort level. And Eric, you mentioned a little earlier, like he couldn't stand to loosen up a little because we're now fighting about the fact that a, a woman made him uncomfortable and they had to go to Best Buy to relieve themselves of this discomfort in their own home. Um, Brooks is almost full-time friend of, like he's almost like an entire friend of, he has confessionals, he's telling us what's going on. He has solo confessionals. When you are a friend of, do you think that opens you up for the same level of criticism of criticisms mm. and critiques as, as we do for almost any other friend of? Because Meredith seems to think he should be exempt. We should not be talking about him on the internet. Jen should not be talking about him at all. And I'm like, he's on TV. Like, you know? It's it's an yeah. interesting question because I mean, obviously one of the major rules of Housewives is you don't bring up the children. But yes. at what point do they stop being children and they're just adults? Yeah, they're your children, but they're not kids. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I as soon know. as- I, he he is an adult also. I mean, all that being said, he is 20. And then I think he turns 21 while they're filming or either right after, because I think I noticed the lower thirds were often either 20 or 21. Um, and, you know, having his own confessional moments, having mm-hmm. very strong opinions. And, you know, I, I think of... Um, Karen Huger when she talks about Michael Darby and saying like, oh, he loves a camera. Like he'll catch a camera. Like Brooks <laughs> loves a camera, you know? Yes. And, and I think if you open yourself up to that, then you are opening yourself up to the whole thing, the whole big picture of what it is to be on a reality TV show. And as an adult, that is a decision he made. So I think it's all fair game in Mm -hmm. in all honesty in terms of what he's put out there. Well, and I'll ask you two this because I really don't keep up so much with the real-time social media because I do find it gets too much and it's, I just can't. Does Brooks get vocal on... Instagram or Twitter about the the show and the ladies? Not so much. It's no. really Meredith. It's it's strictly hard selling people. Don't talk about my children. And there have been plenty of people who are like, I mean, I'll do. We love you, girl. But he's he's on the show. Like he wrapped yeah. himself up in that mic and he sat down there and he said these things. So you can't at what point do we go okay so everyone can talk but I mean we're not talking about her daughter because she didn't wrap herself up in the mic and sit in the confessional chair and tell our a housewife what she can and cannot do for filming like that didn't happen so he's not saying too much it's really just her and when she said that 
she was offended that Jen called Brooks, uh, you know, a level uh, version of white privilege. I was actually a little shocked because Brooks pretty much said it himself in his own confessional again. Then he's like, I am here because I have worked so hard and because my mom knows everyone in fashion week and she gave me this opportunity. I mean, he's able to call his mom and say, yeah, we need to have my clothes in your store that sells mainly jewelry and other expensive things, but, and my tracksuit. And I'm like, so you admit you have privilege and you are white. So by definition, <laughs> there are things happening here that why, who is offended? Why are we offended? I, I mean, he's yeah. not he's not turning down sales because of it right yeah it's it's all facts i mean yes. at that point you know <laughs> i'm i really am excited to continue to get down to the bottom of what what caused this discomfort in this thing in the sleepover situation and this is kind of going to also then start my whole receipts you know dialogue and really my my ramp rampage because so many receipts have been produced now in real time post reunion but in the reunion it's so much she say she say that I'm like where am I looking what am I doing you know Jen is saying I slept over that night because you invited me to if he was so uncomfortable why did you let me sleep over and Meredith was like well because you passed out in the bed and Jen is avid she's like that that did not happen like I was invited and your kids did not see my body parts, my lady parts. And you're, this is like really a crop of shit. And Meredith is, in, in a way, it seems like she's trying to paint this picture that Jen basically got too trashy that night and that she was, you know, opening her legs, which I still don't understand the whole point of that scene at all. But it still is not that big of a deal to me. I've seen worse on TV. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out where their disconnect was and why Meredith is tr is kind of holding Jen to this good time girl aesthetic that we have assigned to Heather, but like saying that she basically was too trashy to leave and to and all that. Is it because we've already seen that narrative, uh, that narrative, yeah, that narrative with Jen and the drinking too much that her husband brought out? Like we've seen her do a lot of more drunk trashy things that Meredith now feels like she can kind of paint this picture and it'll stick or do we actually think that something went down between them on that on that night it's really hard to say because I mean if I ever have a kid I'd want them to be you know amped to see one of my friends badge like on a crazy <laughs> night out you know like just like oh that's fun this person's fun I wouldn't want them to be dismayed so it is hard for me to believe that's the catalyst for all of this. But at the mm -hmm. same time, I think that this whole, again, the Mormon aspect, they talk a lot about drinking in Utah and like the strict rules around it. Mm -hmm. Maybe it is not part of their everyday life to see people get messy. Mm -hmm. And that's the issue. Yes. I, but I don't, I know. I love it, to get drunk and I love drunk people. What can I say? <laughs> Listen, I love a good turn up time, especially during COVID. It's all for relief at this point. It's exactly. all medicinal. I mean, it almost feels like Jen and Meredith are talking about two completely different yes. nights, right? That there was like right. two different sleepovers and they're just remembering different things about each of them. But I will say that 
when I spoke to Meredith earlier this season, we talked a little bit about that night. And I think Chloe, who I don't think she filmed with them, but uh, Meredith's daughter had come home from uh, college that night as well. And there was sort of a family night that was happening, but then Jen came over. And I think to Megan's point, maybe she turned up a little too hard when, you know, Chloe was trying to come home to relax and and, and got a little out of control. But all that to be said, I mean, according to the receipt that Jen produced, Meredith was like, yeah, please come over. Like, let's have a sleepover. We can have some cocktails, like no problem whatsoever. So it doesn't add up in terms of, like you said, we didn't see that at the reunion. We didn't see as many Mm -hmm. receipts as we saw afterwards, but it does seem like Meredith is maybe using what Brooke said and just kind of running with that storyline, so to speak, and, and not really giving Jen any credit or, you know, letting her know like, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. It, it, we did agree to that. It yes. does make me uncomfortable though, at the end of the day, sort of the power Brooks yields over his mom. Thank you. Like yeah. what is I going on? You, I don't like that he tells her, you know, who she can hang out with, what she's, she's not supposed to do with her house. time. Yeah. And, Honey. you know, even like <laughs> as much feedback as he gives about what she wears, it's just too much for me. Like I, but I also was raised in a different way where like if I ever tried to tell my parents what to do (laughs) my mom was very much of the school of like you know speak when spoken to yeah room speak and that's the last we will hear of you like this is not adult business you don't get into adult business and I'm still like that now like oh that's none of my business that's for adults and my my fiance will remind me you know you you qualify I'm like no no but like (laughs) grown-ups real grown-ups not me like my mom like I'm not that like yeah you kidding like um the thing I really need to get into is Mary Lisa to me was a good friend like an even friend to Jen and Mary I thought even to her death to the detriment of her relationship with Jen Mary seems to disagree I don't know if we get to the bottom of why that is but it seems like out of nowhere Mary is like Lisa, you are not a good friend to me. And Lisa feels very, very offended. Do you think that it was a, at least from the portrayal of the show and the season that we got, was Lisa a fair friend to all involved? Because I thought she was pretty decent. Yeah, I agree. I mean, except for to Whitney. (laughs) Well, yes. (laughs) Yeah. No, but yeah, to all of her actual, what she calls friends. I, I mean, I thought so. I think Mary at this point just feels like the outsider on the cast. You know, Mm -hmm. she didn't really film with them as often as the other women. She didn't go to Vegas with everybody. So maybe she's taking it out on Lisa in that moment at the reunion because she's like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I got to confront people about it. So it didn't seem like it was backed up by anything real. And maybe it was just Mary feeling like, I'm on the outside of all of this. So let me just like insert myself here and go after Lisa because that seems to be what Andy's asking about right now. And not for nothing, I mean, they're talking about her so much on the season. So she has to watch it and be like, okay, yeah, so maybe I was like upgraded to this position. Maybe I'll be able to film some scenes and things. And then to see her be a part of so many conversations and narratives, but not have the luxury of being there. I think she's like, well, now is my time to kind of pipe up and say, you know, okay, you're talking about me. So here's my responses to which I then ask, do you think her name is a trigger for Jen? Because to me, I see someone mentioned Mary, Jen react. Someone yeah. mentioned Mary, Jen react. 
everyone else seems to think Mary's not a trigger, but I'm like, every fight anyone's had with Jen has literally been Mary at the root. Yeah, it, I, I agree. Also, Jen is so calm at this reunion. She's giving me, what's that season with Vicky? Where she took the Xanax? Yes, and then she's just like, okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I know and exactly I, where to, I think about that a yes, lot because so it was much. for anyone listening. It was for, it was the season when all the Brooks cancer stuff was really coming to a right. head. Isn't it? Brooks. That's my opinion. I'm almost positive. It's the same season. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cause yeah, I remember the contrast being like, she is yelling at this stone faced woman. And when Tamara <laughs> takes it up like 70 notches and Vicky is just there blinking. I was like, yeah, no, I but I thought the has. exact same thing. Cause Jen, she has, thrown a tantrum Mm -hmm. at the drop of a hat this season and then it was like um at one point she kind of interjects and mary goes no one's talking to you Mm -hmm. and jen just laughed and it was like a genuine laugh like she's like i just can't believe the way she talked like yes and i was like oh wow i wish we'd seen more of this jen not fly off the handle jen Mm -hmm. you know at certain points But yeah, I'm like, what happened? I don't know if she just had a really large dose of watching herself back this season and was like, wow, I need to cool it or I don't I, know. I, I think she was special. <laughs> yeah, I think she was trying to course correct a little bit after seeing her outbursts on the show okay. because there were many of them. I mean, almost every episode had some kind of gen outburst, especially towards the end. So probably watching that back, I don't know how much they might've seen before filming this reunion but I would imagine at this point Jen is like I have to bring a different version the zen Jen to this Mm -hmm. reunion until somebody forces me to turn up which we know that she'll blame other people for how she reacts to things anyway so there's still some more parts of this reunion to come so I trust that you know she won't be zen Jen for long (laughs) yes I mean for us to have three seasons uh, three um, parts on a season one reunion I'm like oh y'all really gave it to us then and I'm ready but I Mm -hmm. also thought we haven't gotten into Mary's home life at all. And that's a whole, that's one whole part. It could be by itself is what is going on here with the church, with everything. And when yeah. Lisa brought that up, I was yeah. like, oh, wow. Maybe there is something there yeah. to Mary's argument. I mean, I do, I will say I loved it when, you know, Mary was like, who have I talked to, you know, treated less than? And Jen goes, well, me. And she goes, well, I don't, I'm not your friend. I don't like you. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's a good one. But I mean, we're, we're scratching some surfaces there. And somehow Lisa feels like Mary makes people feel less than, which I thought was kind of rich because the whole argument of the entire left side of the room is that Lisa makes everyone else feel less than. Yeah. Don't get it. Um, Whitney is producing, she, she brought us some receipts, but they were not legible. So on which case, (laughs) (laughs) what does it rank on the receipt scale if we can't even read the receipts? Or why don't you just bring the phone? I mean, after seeing Monique bring a binder to the Potomac reunion, people should know that they need to come prepared. The bar is in heaven now. Exactly. fail (laughs) do you believe that receipts to me i believe monique scale binder receipts should be mandatory of all housewives now because what i really do not like because much to your point megan lots of people i could 
I just had someone DM me the other day when I posted that Candace is selling, you know, her and Mama Dorothy's house. They were like, wait, she's selling her house? Is she fired? Is she, what's, what's wrong? I was like, oh no, girl, she moved like a month and a half ago. She's like, oh, I don't keep up. So I'm like, people don't have time to keep up with the constant Twitter feeds and the refreshing. And there is so many things going on. And I do not like it post reading because I, I know we're never going to get it now on the, like on what we're watching, what I'm excited about. Do you think the receipt should be mandatory and like an index card? I mean, like a, a, a printout, a large copy, uh, an LVP version of like large Zoom text messages. I think all households should be forced to produce receipts. If you're going to make an allegation, you need to come and back it up on camera. That's what yes. we all signed up for you to do is do it on camera. I don't like a bad Xerox when Monique is bringing me tabs and binders. I, I do like, I do love a receipt. I don't like it in COVID times when Andy has to walk a mile to go get the receipt. Do you guys mm. remember the New York mm-hmm. reunion? And it was just like, like thrown. He had to like, he, yeah, he had to start picking up the papers. <laughs> so I feel like as an, like a court case, they should have to be submitted ahead of time or something. Laminated. Mm-hmm. And until we're back on the same couches. Yes. Let's laminate. I- so we can wipe it down with a nice little Lysol wipe <laughs> and submit them to like a bailiff, maybe, uh, you know, a nice producer and go, you know, here you go. And they submit it as evidence. But I, I, I think we need to have receipts at reunions. Yeah. Well, and to your point too, in what form, because they can be doctored. If it's a screenshot, there could mm-hmm. be things that have been removed. If it's a printout of a screenshot that's been Xerox, which it seems like that's what Whitney did. That is not real proof. So I think you need to pull up the actual text, which I think Madison did at the Southern Charm reunion. Mm-hmm. I don't think she pulled up screenshots. I think she went to the actual text messages she, and she kind of edited it in real time yes! and she read it out loud. She missed I feel it. Like I'm no sorry. one, people did not make a big enough deal out of this. But the fact that she read to Andy, no, I apologize so many times to Craig's girlfriend. So Madison is reading to Andy, no, I apologize to Craig's girlfriend three times. And then she reads it. And then he's like, can I see it? And he looks at it and is like, okay, you, there's a one, I'm sorry in here. You've added two more. So it's like people can somehow doctor the receipts, no matter how, what form they're in. That's mm-hmm. the only That's part true. of it. That's very true. Yeah. Tricky. I think we just need to like summon AT&T. Just, you know, call yeah. them. <laughs> Have NBC Universal like, just send out a little message. Like, hey, you're not in trouble, girl. We actually just need to pull some records from you. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's get, have that like, power. <laughs> serial level yes yeah exactly yes. i'm into that i i think that we're all in agreement everyone should at least produce some kind of receipt a binder a note card a textbook something just give me something because posting it after the fact isn't going to do much for your argument a if nobody catches it yeah b exactly. if it's over and we've already seen it and we picked our side. This is not going to do much for us now until you start filming again, which, you know, hopefully is, is very soon. And I guess now we'll just have like a whole new dynamic to work with, with the women. But now to wrap up and to be in conclusion, how did this season fare for you? What would you rate it on the scale of one to 10, 10 being like your best, like Atlanta season or like, you know, or worse one being like uh, Lucy, Lucy, apple, juicy, baby. <laughs> <laughs> like where do we fare on the scale of like of housewives, 
premieres and otherwise, where is Salt Lake City going? Because I actually see a lot of potential with this franchise because it has such a strong start. But I just had Sasha on my show from the Bravo Breakdown and she was like, I just get worried about the burnout because they're all so at like at high right now. This is the best right. that we've seen. Yeah. And I don't know where we where we go. How do we keep going up? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm ready to just go ahead and Icarus it and like fly to the top and then we'll just get all burned together. <laughs> I love that Icarus it. I mean, I was an English major. There you go. That makes sense. <laughs> For me, the best freshman season of any Real Housewives will always be Beverly Hills. You stole my uh -huh. goddamn house. To me, is like what we should constantly be reaching for. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that we're close here. You know, we we're I'm I'm really curious to go like you said from here right because you know Mary was on the podcast after they had shot the reunion and I was asking I was like asking her so many things and I was like Mary do you think you're cut out for this show you know and she, she said the thing is I'm never going to be friends with Jen I mean who knows producers may work their magic to you know to make her realize that that's true um, but I just thought that that was, that she even was saying, you know, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Cause she did sort of shy away from the drama a lot of times. She didn't go on the cast trip to Vegas. That's a, you know, a big no, no in housewives. In my opinion, like you got to go on the trip. I think we should give her another chance. It's like, well, like I'm all for it, but yeah. I need her to bring the same reunion energy to next season. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I would imagine that every housewife feels that way at some point, maybe not in your first season, but maybe by your second or something, you're like, what am I doing? Like, how did I get here? You know? And I understand coming off of this season, why Mary might feel that way. But I think there's more to Mary's story that needs to be told. Like, I don't think we're done learning about Mary and what she's been through in her life. So I want her to 100% return. Absolutely. Um, but this season overall, coming off of such an epic season of Potomac, which has been, mm -hmm. you know, one of my favorite, if not my favorite franchise for a long time, I, I was like, my home. right. I mean, it's just like, I was so immersed in it. I, I was a part of the after show. So I was just yes. absolutely like living and breathing Potomac this past season. So I definitely had a certain expectation and I think I'm going to give the first season of Salt Lake City like an 8.5 like we're up there you okay. know but we are not to Megan's point like at the Beverly Hills season one because I don't even think anything can touch something like that mm -hmm. uh, but I'm going to give it an 8.5 because overall I was really surprised how quickly I took to these women how quickly I took to their storylines and just learning so much about this the culture of the city of Salt of Salt Lake, you know, there was there was a lot there that I didn't really expect. So I was very pleasantly surprised. Eight point five, it's my rating. Okay. I like it. I I mean, it's 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 higher than Tiffany Moon's B minus that she gave her party. So that's <laughs> oh my god, that's that what really matters. That was that, <laughs> she was generous to me. I'm like because I'm a I'm a teacher. So on my rubric, I was like. 
well, no one followed the rules. So we're already deducting 10 points. So that we're down <laughs> to a 90 from the start. And, right off the bat. Know, there were rules. rules yes. So that takes it down. Also, we're down five points, you know, just for <laughs> yeah. that. People are throwing up and they're not even drunk. So we're at 71, yeah. girl. Like this is low. But I, I will say I do. I think that it helps that the cast especially knew this was going to be a housewife franchise. I think that helps. And I think it also helps it's in this, to the same point of Beverly Hills. They knew what was going on. But I also think that there was not so much of a formula when Beverly Hills did it. They were just like, huh, we're here. We're doing it. And we're, we have some things and the cameras are just basically witnesses, but we have things to discuss. And right. Do you think there is a housewives formula? We get, I hear a lot of talk of that, you know, that, you know, Jenna was trying to follow a formula or at least we're trying to follow a formula, but Heather became like the, the most fan favorite because she was the formula, even if she didn't try it, of being real, being open, giving us what she talks about. Like she has family, she had complexity and she was relatable, but like had stuff, like she had her own business or she's still like a boss bitch, that kind of a thing. Do you think there's a formula I think that the worst thing a new prospective housewife can do is to study other seasons of housewives. Mm -hmm. I think that that is like the constant battle as opposed to like when housewives was starting, what was so great about it is these women didn't know what they were doing. And I think that it is harder for these new shows because forgetting just watching Bravo, Mm -hmm. reality tv is everywhere like it, it permeates every part of pop culture at this point so it's hard not to be consumed by it and to know the playbook i agree but yeah. i think that if if they can get out of their own heads about that stuff yes you know i think that's the best way to be mm-hmm yeah. yeah. And there is something to be said about just the the casting in general. Like you can only lead a horse to water. You know, there is only so much you can do. Like these women really are like this in a lot of ways. And, you know, we've yes. met so many over the years and so many people will ask us like being Bravo employees, like, what are they really like? What are they really like? And I'm like, they're kind of a lot like what you see on TV. Yes. I mean, is there a dial up a little bit when the cameras are rolling? Of course, because everyone is a professional and putting on a show, but these women are very much who they are when they are in front of the cameras. So, you know, is there a formula? I think yes, and, and they have observed it. And this far into, you know, Real Housewives as a reality TV franchise, there's, there's going to be some overlap and people, you know, pulling tricks that they've seen in the past but they're also very much who they are and that's why they're on the show. So, yes. uh, you know, and I, I love that about these women. They are very unapologetically themselves and that's what we want in a housewife. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yes, of course, for everyone who's watching Housewives and, and is going to be a housewife, Anini Leakes is, was destined to be on TV. Somebody's TV. So that That is a personality that needs to be on the screen and that's exactly why she was casted and put on the screen and made you know a lot of tv history um same with like a charade or you know even like a tamra like they are just made for that for that life but then i also think that you know as much as you can tell that she might have studied it jen shaw some of her best moments were when she was completely stripped of all of 
you know, the, the performance and was with her husband or with her kids. Cause when she was even with her kids, she's still over the top. And I'm like, this is probably the real Jen that we see. Like, she's like asking her grown ass sons, do you want mommy to cuddle with you? And he's like, no girl. And she's like, but, but you're sick. I'm going to take care of you. And I'm like, I believe that like, I believe she really does call her husband coach because she is in awe of him and she loves him to death. Right. And I, I, I believe those parts of her. And I think that was, those are the, the most fun moments of watching her because it's, she's still participating in the formula of being herself, being the over the top of look at why they casted you, why they found you and remember why that was and stick to that. Who cares about what other people are doing on their shows or even on your own show? Be who you are because Heather that is to me her the reason why her and Whitney went so far I truly believe Whitney's a pot stirrer <laughs> I believe it to my in my bones that she was like actually yes she did say that and I feel like she's that girl in the group like you go to brunch with who has all the tea and it's like you better believe that she said that about you and I have the proof and she doesn't care who says it and she's like sweet enough in disposition that you never really suspect her and I think that is we, there's a place for that always on TV. Ashley Darby like that's what yes. I love about Ashley. I yes. mean come on. I think she's great. She's driving the point home a lot of the time. Like I love that she has so much to say about a fight she didn't witness. It was great. <laughs> I will that's also me. say I will also say that Jen Shaw and her kids. I would love to see Jen's sons featured more on next season, assuming yes. Jen is coming back and all of that. Definitely more of Jen's kids. Just because, yeah, what do they think of her? You know, like, of yes. course they love her, but like, what is it like having her as a mom? You know? Yeah. Do y'all think she drives? That's a question that people ask all the time on every podcast all the time. We saw her drive to the bathtubs, I think, in her Porsche, but every time someone is driving her somewhere i think that might be a choice too for the cameras you know like oh i'm driven places but i think she drives maybe she hates to drive she did i I mean she also she lived in new york for a very long time so maybe she just doesn't like driving because she is used to the new york Mm-hmm. way of life but I she she does drive from what I know that's understandable for me yeah. I grew up in the DMV area I'm a metro kid like born and raised went to kindergarten went to daycare on the metro so me behind the wheel of a car I have anxiety like, there's a lot of people <laughs> me too around me I am but yet I can be on a subway or a metro with like a million people and be like oh this is home I love it here this yes is- agreed <laughs> but on the highway like get me the hell off I don't know what I'm doing here um I will <laughs> crash it's gonna happen um, and that's a great note to end on. It's crashing and burning. <laughs> Yay, on the highway. Um, thank you guys both so much for coming on. Please, of course, indulge me and the people and tell them where they can find, of course, you guys and your podcast. Sure. You can find The Daily Dish anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Meg Segura. And you can find me at Eric J. Mack, E-R-I-K. Yes. And of course, y'all, you know how to find me on all the things at Mixing with Money, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. As always, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe and stay home, people. We are almost to the home stretch. Okay, be kind to yourselves and one another, but mostly to you. Have that extra shot of Vita tequila. It's actually really worth it. All right, y'all. Love you. Bye.
For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, pop culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.